welcome to Fresh Pressed. Uh, my name is Andrew. This is a show that is normally about new tunes, but this week my co-host Gabe is feeling a bit under the weather. So instead of a new episode this week, we have a recording that was originally intended for the first week of June. This is just the new tune portion of that show. So it'll be a bit shorter than usual, but also because we have that extra time, I edited less of it out. So we go a little more in depth into the songs. And I'm really excited because uh, I really love the two new tunes that came out that week. But of course, uh, it was not right to release an episode at that time. So you guys didn't get to hear it. Uh, but now you will, and you'll get to appreciate two uh, really excellent musicians and their albums that came out uh, at the end of May, beginning of June. Also, stick around after the pre-recorded bit, and uh, I will just give a quick run-through at the end of the show of some new releases that I was excited about this week that I would have talked about had we been doing a normal show. I did not ask Gabe what he was listening to this week because he is, as I said, feeling under the weather. So um, there will be certainly a lack of danceable songs and like cool, upbeat, happy music from the new tunes angle of this week. Uh, but you know what? It is what it is. Without any further ado, here are some brand new tunes from literally two months ago. Enjoy. Andrew, new music. New music. This week. Mm-hmm. So much of it. Yeah. So good. Uh-huh. But you have been waiting to bring this particular song for a while, it sounds. Yes. Um, I mean, actually, no. Yeah, it was definitely this particular song that I was waiting to bring. Um, since I saw Christian Lee Hudson open for Julia Jacqueline in November, he played a lot of his songs that would come out on this album. Um, and the one that I was especially looking forward to is one entitled Atheist. On our initial descent into Chicago Katie leans over my lap Looking out the window um, This is the first track on his album, which is in some ways a debut album called Beginners, although it feels it's such a mature album that it doesn't feel like it really is a debut. And I mean, he's been around for a while, I think, although he's apparently he's only 29. I feel like he's like, I don't know why in my mind he's like, like 40. He doesn't look 40. But it's just like the the way that he writes is so... Uh, like nostalgic and adult and sad and that <laughs> I don't associate with being 29 but whatever I'm occasionally astonished when I listen to musicians who are like around our age yeah and I'm like what the fuck how do you how how can you possibly write so coherently about these life experiences like 26. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. So I definitely feel that with Christian Lee Hudson. I was not really familiar with any of his work before this. As you pointed out, this is really his first record. Although he's been like floating around like the indie scene for a while. Yeah. Um, and he's tied in with like Phoebe Bridgers and that whole crew as well. Right. I mean, Phoebe Bridgers produced this album. 
Christian Lee Hudson in the past has co-written some songs for Better Oblivion Community Center, which is the project with Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes. And he also co-wrote Catch'em Idaho, which is my favorite song off the Boy Genius album. So yes, he's he's very good. And ve- he's very involved in sort of uh, big indie scenes, but this is his like real huge step into uh into it as as christian lee hudson and not as a co-writer on uh on other songs how lucky to be to be given such a good singer songwriter name yeah that's true sometimes i see people and i'm like that's your real name (laughs) like it works so well yeah it really does the rest of us have to resort to like artist names yeah Oh, I know. Yeah, you're not out there recording as Andrew Paracon. No, I'm not. Not that it's a bad name. It's just like... No, the I mean, the ability to have like that middle name that is like the middle name Lee. It's, it has a great Christian Lee Hudson. You know, it has a great rhythm to it. This is not what we should be talking about when we're talking about his music. But like, he, you're right that he does have a great name for this. Uh, whatever. We can talk about whatever we want. It's our podcast. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um. Now, this is... This album, in general, I would describe as sad. Uh huh. Very inward looking. Yeah. But marvelous, very good. This song in particular is the opening track off the record, and it really sets the tone for the album. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's very like nostalgic and sad. It's sort of um, it, it talks about the place that he grew up. I love this line. He's talking about like flying over Chicago or descending into Chicago and looking out the window. The quote is uh, for a glimpse of the house we were kids in, which I, it's such a good line because it would have worked just the same to say the house we grew up in, but to say the house we were kids in is uh, subverts that really well. And then it's not necessarily saying like we grew up there, but that was the time that we were kids. At some point between then and now, we have grown up. You know? Yes. Um, it's a really it's a really like minor substitution, but because the house we grew up in is such a familiar phrase and is the one that I'm expecting when I when he gets to the house we, I I think it's it's really effective like that. And he does a lot of things like that where he's very specific in his lyrical choices in a way that makes you want to, or at least makes me want to sit with it and figure out exactly why he chose that specific phrasing. For a glimpse of the house we were kids in She says I hated it then But now I kind of miss it mm. I love that you notice that kind of lyrical play because it's not something I pick up on very easily. And that's a great point. I was thinking more about how the uh, this idea of like leaning out the airplane window looking for now hold your on house hold on wait they're not leaning out of the window <laughs> sorry there's a lean and a look it's it's all mixed up it's all confusing <laughs> here but the idea of looking out like leaning over and looking out the window for the like a, a specific landmark as you're coming into a city that you're from. Or even, like, specifically your house. 
I can usually, for instance, when I fly into San Jose, I can usually see, I live on a park, so it's pretty easy to pick out where I live. Yeah. So I can find my house usually as I'm descending into the San Jose airport. Like, you know, going into a place that you're from is such a unique experience and such an intense experience, especially if you've moved away. Yeah. And being like, oh shit, there's all these places that I've been to and that I remember. Um, and the instant nostalgia that comes with that. And right, especially your own home or what was once your home. Shirts in the microwave, trash in the sink, quarters in a mason jar for every time she smokes. She says, if we keep this up, girls, in no time we'll be broke. Before I saw him live, I heard the song that he put out uh, more than a year ago called Northsiders, which is also featured on this album um, and was really impressed with it. It has a similar sort of very like melancholy and feels like, again, it feels like he should be, it feels like the person who wrote this song should be much older than 29. And it's the more you think about it, the more like upsetting it is that the person who had the experience enough to write the song is 29. It's wild. But anyway, that song is really beautiful and I love it. But that was sort of the only uh, familiarity I had with him. Um, I listened to a couple of the other sort of miscellaneous recordings that he has floating around before seeing him live and was really into a lot of it. But then when I saw him live, he really amazed me. I I heard most of these songs. I think there's like maybe two songs on this album that I didn't hear at that concert. But it was just really incredible. First of all, he pretty much always performs in like a black sweater and like black jeans like and with like a white collared shirt underneath the sweater which i guess is one of the things that makes him look older than 29 because he sort of looks like a catholic priest (laughs) but it's just it's just sort of like this like interesting like little quirk that i remember like being kind of surprised to to see him dress like that when he came up on stage and then uh his performance is just so He's another kind of person who is like, he's very quiet and he's very unassuming. um, But I just really am drawn to hearing what he has to say. One of the things that I really love about his composition that you can tell on here that I did not expect from just hearing Northsiders is his skill on the guitar and how he interweaves that with his vocal melodies. Northsiders is very much like chords and then there's a guitar solo, which is very nice. But um, in this song, Atheist, and in a bunch of the other songs in this album, he's very, like, complex melodies in the guitar that also mirror or harmonize with the melodies uh, in his voice. And that's just something really impressive because it's it's not just that he's writing great lyrics and very interesting lyrics, and very powerful lyrics, but he's also setting them in such, like, creative ways that never feel like stilted or it feels conversational and natural the whole way through, even with like complex lyrics and a complex melody. And that's just something that amazes me that he has the ability to do that. Yeah. I mean, he produces such great lyrical imagery on top of beautiful melodies in both his vocals and the guitar line. Like, this is a gorgeous song melodically. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, he's providing really vivid imagery. (laughs) 
striking about this song is that it's titled atheist and talks about like angels and these kids from a christian school right and it's it sounds like just from the title right, he never sings the word atheist in the song there's never any like i don't believe in god or anything like that right it's but it's like i don't i don't find any solace in this idea that like if you're going to pass away that there will be a some great beyond for you yeah i mean i think i think you're right it's it's the same thing as the house we were kids in it's about the absence of what you might expect the song is called atheist and the closest we get to it is he says i don't know if i buy it but it does sound kind of nice in relation to like angels um which is not like like a statement of belief or lack of belief but there's that disconnect between just like a thing about you know here's the song from the kids from the christian school there's this like association with certain things in childhood and then talking about now and sort of implying this process in between those two things where things changed. And that's what the chorus is. He says, I don't remember getting older, but I'm slowing down. Which is like, I don't, I'm not talking about that specific, like the process of getting older, but apparently I have gotten older. Yeah. I think that's just a really effective way that he shows that change without talking about the change itself uh, all throughout the song. She said some kids from the Christian school came to sing her a song. It went like angels watching over us, all our little wives. I don't know if I buy it, but it does sound kind of nice. I don't remember getting older. have for me that is brand new this week i have chosen to bring the song titled come back home by hanya rani off her second record home home i feel like home song this morning and it's really fucking good so i would love to hear some more about her well lucky for you i have more information nice um so hanya rani is hana ranishevska um and she is a composer and pianist from gdansk in poland oh interesting i am sure that i fucked up some of the polish pronunciations there but we're just gonna slide right on by that so she primarily operates out of Warsaw now, um, and she has gotten a lot of critical acclaim in the past like year and a half or so from the Polish music community, which is not a community that we traditionally interact with, Andrew, it must be said. 
I know nothing about the Polish music community. Um, Chopin was Polish. That's probably not related. Yeah, I mean, I have some Polish heritage. My great-grandmother was from Poland. Okay. So there's that. Um, so this is her second record, Home. Her first she released last year. It's titled Esia. And the first record was just piano. This record, obviously from the song, has other instruments involved on it. She produces usually very spare compositions. She tries to emphasize uh, a lot of space. When she talks about her previous compositions and recordings, she talks about the interplay between silence and the piano rather than just the... uh, You know, this is not an unusual idea in music, but the idea that the silence carries just as much weight as the sound. Yeah. It's all about the notes you don't play. This song in particular, Come Back Home, is I believe the only song off this record that she plays on the electric piano. Wow. Typically she's playing on like a grand piano, a recorded grand piano. But this is clearly an electric piano. Um, I actually wish I know knew what, what specific piano she was playing on, but I, I was unable to find that information. It's like unusual because we don't know much about like other countries' musical like award systems, for instance. Yeah. But she's been like winning basically a bunch of the for for her last album she won a bunch of the Grammy equivalents in Poland, which I'm gonna try this. They're called the Friederiki. Okay. Um, and she's become like a, a face of Polish music. Um, she's like pretty young. She's I think 30, and um, yeah, really just exploded in the last year. Um, she, her music is very cinematic to me. Um, like it feels like it could be scored for short films. Um, and that's always something that I love in music. And on this album and on this song, one of the few songs on this album, um, she sings over top of it, which is kind of new for her. And there's such a specific like tonality and style that I associate with like Northern Europeans singing in English. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's like this specific accent, but it always takes me to a very specific place. Um, the way that like Slavic peoples pronounce English words, but it, it it that in and of itself reminds me of like film. So on this particular song, I really like the work that she does bringing a lot of other instruments in and the sounds that are involved. Um, the bass, um, and also really um, delicate use of like drum set percussion uh, and like well-timed, well-constructed cymbal rolls. And the piano, to some extent, falls into the backdrop on this song, especially, I think, like halfway through, and becomes like this instrument that's playing like melodic licks alongside her vocals 
almost as like a supplement rather than as a feature. Whereas on her previous album and on the rest of this album, it's very much the instrument. Her style is to really put emphasis on the piano rather than the other instruments, but it kind of flips on this song. And that's a really nice way to, I think, close this album. Yeah, that's why I was so surprised that you said like, here's more piano music. And I was like, is it more piano music? Right. Because this is the only song I've heard of hers, and it does. I'm sh- every time you say something new about the way that her music is normally, I'm shocked by it. Yeah, it doesn't. This is, I think, unusual. But something she's talked about is she sees her first album and this album as being kind of one part of a whole. And you know, they were released within like a year and a half of each other, so that kind of makes sense. But that she sees this album as like the bookend, the conclusion of this like mini cycle that she's done. And it feels like the very last song on the album feels like uh, like foreshadowing of where she might go with her musical direction in the future. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like, it feels like, okay, now here's like teaser for next season on Hani Arani. Yeah, it's the post-credits scene, uh, if you will. Yeah, and like uh, many other post-credits scenes, this song features Samuel L. Jackson. It's just like, I don't, uh, what do I do with that? I don't know what to do with that. Nothing. You just move forward as if I didn't say it because I'm going to cut it out anyway. Um, and something that's particular on this song, you know, the electric piano, the ba- the bass um, is there's like a jazz influence on this song that we don't see in a lot of her other music. Uh, that's prominent, right? We talk about like these, I talked about these little piano licks. They're, they feel improvisational, whether or not they're written or not. The other cool thing that I found that I think you would appreciate, Andrew, is she does, re- like, her first album, she released it as a score, like the piano scores. Oh, that's great. I do really appreciate that. Because that's something, I mean, there's a lot of modern piano, like, indie solo piano kind of things. It's not really, like, they're not, like, chamber music composers, which, I mean, uh, clearly she is, is, is maybe closer to that. But, you know, there's just a lot of people who, like, write music for solo piano, but it's so it's so close to being, like, chamber music, but the difference is, like, they don't put out a score for it. They just have a... It's a, just a recorded thing. So it's really cool to see someone who's writing piano music and, it, and is performing it and is recording it, but is also releasing a score. Yeah, so you can buy, like, the book of her first record. And it's, like, a hardback book with piano staves inside of it and then like there's other stuff interspersed between the pieces so you could definitely flip through and play the music but there's also like pieces of art that she's collaborated with like collage artists on and photographs and uh, little details actually looks like an amazing kind of addition to like a personal library that's super cool where can i buy that gabe bandcamp so haniarani.bandcamp.com um, and if you go to her first album for 30 pounds, you can buy the sheet music. That's super cool. Because I didn't know anything about her, I was listening to this song and, and thinking about it in a different way, as if all of her music sounded like this. And what I was really struck by, just how carefully orchestrated it was. Um, and I was all prepared to talk about how like that's something really impressive. And that's like a skill that maybe is not normally valued in this sort of genre. But now that I know now that I know her normal music, um, 
it makes a lot of sense why it's it's so well uh, put together. Right. She's a composer by trade and has written compositions for other people. So her own music, it has so many more roots in classical music than in like electronic jazz, which is kind of the impression that this particular song would give off. Something I want to emphasize at the end here is that her albums are really worth listening to as a whole. I feel like we say this all the time, but she creates like an atmosphere and aesthetic that you can really just fall into and inside of and creates like a space for you to exist in with her music. Wasn't that just a lovely episode? This is future, present. I guess you're hearing this after. This is days of future past, Andrew. Jeez, this podcast is really a mess when it's just me having to do this by myself. Anyway, um, I just want to real quick mention a couple pieces of music that came out this week. The real this week, the end of July, the beginning of August 2020. Um, There was... An excellent album called Kind, in all caps, by Tanya Iyer, whose music, like, reminds me of Bjork, but cooler, which I know is an insane statement. But trust me, she's like a cooler Bjork. And then the other thing that I was super looking forward to this week is the uh, collaboration between Y Oak and the Brooklyn Youth Chorus. And that's exactly my shit in that it's an indie band plus a choir. And I really think that this EP that they put out entitled No Horizon is like the ideal that indie bands aspire to when they think that it's going to be a good idea for them to add a choir to their band. Um, specifically the song Spitting Image, which is, uh, no, I mean, it's not the title track, but it, it, it holds the title lines in the lyrics i think is just an incredibly gorgeous piece of music and that definitely would have been my new tune of the week there was also an ep by loren morning and melancholia uh which is very lovely and very sad um a new song from lamelda called it's infinite gorgeous song so excited for her new album i'm sure that i will talk about it at length every single time she puts out a single for this and um especially when the album comes out uh, there's also a new album coming from Angel Olsen called Whole New Mess, and she shared the title track off of that this weekend. That might be too high profile in the indie world for it to show up on one of our actual picks, but you should check it out. It's very good. Uh, and lastly, Kronos Quartet, the uh, modern string ensemble, uh, announced an album that would be coming out later this fall that is uh, a tribute to Pete Seeger which, uh, similar to the Wyoke thing, is also exactly my shit in that it's a combination of chamber music and uh, folk music. So um, that's really great. There's a lot of great collaborators on that. They shared uh, one song from that, and there's going to be, it's going to be a lot of covers plus um, some newly composed music, including, I think, like a 15-minute long collage kind of piece with original composition and clips of Pete Seeger speaking and singing and playing banjo and stuff. So that's super exciting. Very much looking forward to that. 
Okay, that's all that I have. I'm sure Gabe had other stuff that he was listening to, but because he uh, decided to just, you know, rudely skip out on me and make me do this whole thing by myself, uh, he doesn't get a say in this one. Okay, we will be back next week for a normal episode on August 11th. Um, until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. You can uh, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and you can also find a playlist on Spotify with all of the picks. And again, that one is on Gabe to update. So if he's, you know, busy vomiting, then maybe he won't be able to update it. But I'll, I'll bother him and I'll tell them that that it's uh, it's in his contract that he has to do it. Uh, okay, that's it for us. Uh, I hope you have a lovely week. My name is Andrew, and thank you for listening to Fresh Pro.